Hello and welcome to another episode of This Particular Album is Very, Very Important to Me. I'm Joel Spence. And I'm Deborah Tarika. This is the podcast where we ask people we love to pick an album that is very, very important to them. And here they share their memories. Great and not so great. And emotional connections. Great and not so great. And we all get to listen to it through their ears. As fast as she can scroll down her phone and I read. I did it. I will never memorize it. <laughs> uh, hey, Deb. Hi. There how be- are you? I'm good. Yeah? You? good there goes our small talk we did it. my particular song that so i'm gonna try to keep this backstory a little small but you know gypsy by fleetwood mac that classic yeah um love it i love that song and i thought it was always really cool and i heard a little bit about it doesn't really matter what it's about but uh i always just listen to the lyrics and you know just kind of let it absorb it in that way without knowing the history of it but eventually I learned about she wrote it not for that particular album but she wrote it for her first solo album Belladonna I think that was that one and it just never got made how witchy witchy. wait 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 was the first album before Fleetwood Mac was existed no it was during it it was during it was after Tusk I see Gypsy was on Mirage, I think, in 1983. And oh, it was one of the later songs. Yeah. And then, I assume she just wrote it about the way she dressed. <laughs> Me right? too, because it fits. It's so on brand for her anyway. And part of it, there's this nostalgia of at the time that she wrote the song, she had gone from nothing to this huge superstar. And I think she was sort of dismissed in the band Fleetwood Mac, not because of her talent, but because of just her... She was kind of this hippie chick that she she described herself as that. And then all of a sudden became this megastar. And uh, I think that shook her, would shake anybody. But she had this friend who she kept with her on tours that would help her, uh, like, just be there, do her makeup, or help her with just be there. And her friend died, like, in the middle of this mega success. And so that's the lyrics about are about nostalgia of going to this store that she used to go to in the Bay Area that she loved to buy all this gypsy like yeah. stuff. Mm. And this is all you're talking about Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, clear. yeah, okay, sorry. We, said, we just yeah. haven't revealed her yeah, yet. Yeah. Just making sure. There's also stuff about saying goodbye to the past. And this is and so she write, made this demo, which I think you know, the real version on Mirage has got the whole band on it, Lindsay Buckingham's influence, but this is just her and the electric piano. So I'm back to the velvet underground to the floor that I love. This is the demo? Yeah. It's just her. She's so good. Yeah. Could you imagine just getting, going from nothing to something huge, and then your one like rock in your life is just like I think she died of leukemia or something oh, like God. that. So it wasn't. 
plus cocaine. <laughs> like a lot of substance abuse at the time too. Yeah. Now I feel like everything would be not real ever. Yeah. Like what? There'd be no reality. Yeah. And it would make sense that you would make an effort to try and reach back and at least touch the past. Is she going to start wailing like she does on the Fleetwood Mac version? I think she pulls back right at that moment. It's probably an easier thing to do with the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. This feels so sad. Yeah. To the gypsy. Yeah, much sadder. Like when that everything comes back to Kanye. Uh, <laughs> that that one moment. What's the song where he's he's just him and the vocoder in that one album that we talked about? The My Beautiful. My beautiful. Yeah. You could just. It's just him. Oh, and Runaway. You, no. The slower one where it's just him making. It's <laughs> making these weird noises with his mouth, and you go. I think this guy is just trying to make himself happy right now. <laughs> There's not anything Dude, I, on his mind. No disrespect. I can't stand that album. Really? really? Yeah. The, all that vocoder shit. Like, yeah. it works for some times, but... Well, we're going to get into it with our feature album. I mean, that's kind of part of it, right? You really What's got that? me? Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, I like... It's not I like it when it's used to effect, but like yeah. I felt not like that crutch. was that whole album and... Yeah. Like there's that Imogene Heap song. We we are we use that song on this, I, and it's I love it. Yeah, no, I love it. Like, that was that's my first intro great, to that song. Great use of it. Deborah, what particular song is very very important to you? Um, I decided to connect it to you really? a little bit, um, <laughs> because it's called Every Breath You Take. Uh, <laughs> It's our song. Uh, this is a song uh, I just picked, uh, Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson, um, because it reminds me so much of the UCB New Year's, New Year's parties of, uh, of the past, <laughs> yeah. um, of when I started going in 2009, um, and like the the years beyond that, um, when it was all at, when they were at Franklin, and it was the best. Here's the thing. Those are the best New Year's I've ever had. Um, and every year this song plays, and every year our whole group gathered on the dance floor and lost their minds to a bunch of different songs. But this one was like the most clear one to me of like, when I hear this, I think about those. And uh, it's like, that's some of the best, those years, like starting when I started taking classes at UCB and started it, it becoming my family are like some of the best years of my life. And New Year's is obviously like the start of years. I don't know. Yeah. Did you guys know that? That's what New Year's is? <laughs> the, the start, start of, of years? <laughs> um, so yeah. So I picked this one because I just thought this was a really fun, like this a is really a fun good memory. dance floor song for sure. Yeah. yeah. This will be at wedding receptions for years to come. Yeah. Which is such a funny <laughs> what to have at a wedding. I love yeah. the weird, uh, like... It's a breakup song. Oh, is <laughs> yeah. it? Is I it? mean, yeah. I think it's just like celebrating. Right. Since you've been gone, I can breathe for the first time. <laughs> 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 I just want to be with you. 
There are songs, this doesn't count as, like, maybe it does. A song you wouldn't listen to ever. And almost would be like, I don't like this song. And then they're played on the dance floor. Yes. And yes. you'd go nuts yes. about them. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of the dance, you're like, fuck that song. Yeah. <laughs> I would only dance on a dance. I would only listen on a dance floor this song. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have it, like, on mixes and stuff. Because I do think this is a really good car song, too. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Or workout song. I oh, guess yeah. it's all, I kind of put those all together with dance stuff, but I kind of, I I would prefer to only hear it on the dance floor because then it's been a long time since I've heard it and then it's even more fun because it's like yeah. a hug. Yeah. A good hug. I love the way certain wedding reception songs, as I call them, uh, just uh, put a ring on it. Yeah. yeah. Beyonce. Like, people go, that... And maybe hey ya, like there's like mm-hmm. there's uh-huh. like four songs that like people they're like so fucking happy. It makes me happy yeah. to see people so happy <laughs> over something so simple as like you could play this at your home, but you want to be in a crowd <laughs> yeah. jumping around to this song. You could have like be having a serious crying conversation with somebody at the wedding and the song is playing you will con- just get up yep. and keep that conversation <laughs> going. And- there's a few of those though where we were like. At least for Alex and I, when we were doing, because that was like our our most important thing was the music that was played at our wedding, and it was there were only a few where we were like, you may not play mm-hmm. um, the Macarena. Uh, <laughs> I said that. I said it? chicken dance. And, yeah, uh, I think I remember you telling me that. And, but, uh, and someone played, and I got mad. I went, "What are you doing, man? It's your this wedding." This one of the ones I said not to play. I don't care if someone requested it. That's crazy, especially if you have a do not play. Like what? Uh, like, oh, God, what is that? Like, let's get it started. Black Eyed Peas. By Black Eyed Peas. Oh, we were like, no Black Eyed Peas at our wedding. <laughs> no Bruno Mars at our wedding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, all right. Draw on the left. Yeah. Yeah. No no one that stole music from another artist. <laughs> <laughs> no plagiarism. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Thanks once again for tuning in. If you're digging this podcast, please, please, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. Deborah and I love doing this show, and good reviews help us continue to bring fun guests and great albums to you. Special thanks to those of you who already have rated and reviewed. You know who you are, we know who you are, and we're looking forward to reading some new ones. And now, back to the program. Uh, Speaking of plagiarism... Uh, our guest is an actor, director, and comedian. You don't always have to jump off the last word as a host. I know that's a clever hosting trick. <laughs> our guest is an actor, director, and comedian hailing from Little Rock, Arkansas. He's one of the four founding members of the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. He is creator and host of the improv podcast, Improv for Humans on the Earwolf Network, among uh, other things. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Did you even say, and it's Matt Besser? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's all right. Matt That's my job today is um, you give all the pronouns and then I'll just say the person's name. All right. Sorry about that, Matt. That's all right. I'll keep texting you during the show. Welcome. We're so excited welcome. to have you. Thank you. I love the concept. Do you, What particular album is very, very important to you? Well, when you guys uh, put it to me that way, at first I was like, there's certain albums I feel people should know about. 
And uh, right. but then I'm like, well, that's not necessarily what's important to me, mm. you know. And then there was like, like, uh, like there was a few albums that fell into the same time period of, of what I picked, where I was like, oh, I could pick, you know, that Rolling Stone album because I remember I think that was playing the first time I made out, but. But then maybe, but then it wouldn't be honest that the whole album is yeah. as important as what I chose, which is Oingo Boingo, Only a Lad. Yeah. Outstanding. 1981. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, this is the beginning of New Wave. Um, and I think New Wave, in a way, kind of saved me if music saves people. I or think it does. You find your... You find your your niche. You find your your mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, so I grew up in the '70s and the '80s in Little Rock. And there weren't that many record stores. The biggest record store was Discount Records. The outside walls to set a tone for the music mm. th- that was playing around me. The walls, the murals that surrounded Discount Records were 38 Special, ZZ Top, <laughs> Fog Hat. Molly Hatchet. Molly Hatchet, because they had awesome album covers, even mm-hmm. if they were not as good as other bands. But uh, it actually was Molly Hatchet. Great, great guess. So it was Southern Rock, Southern Fried Rock. Um, Black Oak, Arkansas was a band oh, that yeah. uh, a, a lot of my friends, not a lot of my friends, a couple of my friends were into. Um, but so that that's what I grew, that's what the people around me in general that weren't listening to pop music and top 40 like most people, uh, but were listening to <clears throat> the stuff that would come around and play live. It would be those bands, yeah, right. They would, yeah. So that's all the music I knew was anything that Casey Kasem was counting down, mm-hmm. um, and I loved a lot of that. But uh, it was either you know what was happening before new wave. It was like whatever, like yes or something. Or you know that disco. like prog rock and disco. Yeah. And I, I liked a little bit of that, but that didn't. But everybody liked that. That didn't make you special liking disco. If you're, you're, if you're following where I'm going, which is like, then all of a sudden, it wasn't even MTV, and I can't remember what the name of the music channel was. It was another music channel. It might not even have played music all the time, but it did like hmm. on the weekends or starting at 5 p.m. or I, I forget what it yeah. was. But in the first rotation of, of those videos uh, was a lot of new wave, if not mostly new wave. And I'd never heard it before. If I did, I didn't know, oh, that's that pop song I heard, that's new wave. Like I didn't get right. that that was yeah. a movement of music until I saw the videos and got, especially like Whip It by Devo, that's yeah. another one, where it's like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. Um, and I could have just as easily picked a Devo album. I saw the uh, Weird Al pick that. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I could have easily have gone that direction too. But, but probably more, because another thing, I'm skipping around, but an, another mm. thing was everyone kind of had to pick their band. Yeah. Like I didn't want mm. ba- us all to be on Devo or Craftwork yeah. or whatever yeah. the other one was. Like I wanted to have my band that I knew the most about. Yeah. 
And I think everyone was kind of that way. Well, it helps make you an individual in right. that way, too, especially in your teenage years where you're just trying to figure out who you are. Right. And I, I, I hadn't discovered yeah. punk yet. And that, that probably more eventually defined my mm-hmm. personality. But um, And it was happening... It was also happening in the same time period, but it certainly wasn't on the radio and wasn't yeah. on videos yeah. either. So yeah. I had no access to that yet. Um, and eventually that culture introduced everyone to, you put the the band you like most in the back of your jacket. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? <clears throat> so it's like you and you don't want to all be wearing <laughs> UK subs jackets <laughs> or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Oingo Boingo was another one of those videos I saw right away and it was probably either little girls or uh only a lad Mm -hmm. which were the two of the bigger singles but like it starts off with little girls and which is a crazy song (laughs) yeah it's It's like like so start an album with (laughs) it's crazy starting album with except for if you take away the lyrics it's It's a very catchy hooky awesome song yeah and it's awesome anyway but if you you probably don't listen to the lyrics too closely the first time you hear it. But if you look at the video, it's all there. Yeah. You know, it's about a pedophile. Right. And it's from the point of view of a pedophile. And it's like, also without thinking about it, this is also introducing me. And this is only think about this in retrospect. But uh, satire yeah. of like play the thing you hate rather than just talk about the thing you hate mm-hmm. inhabit the thing in the first person and sing about it in the first person and he goes back and forth on this album actually of like either talking yeah. about the thing he hates directly or just embracing it he kind of yeah. does that on capitalism yes. too yeah crazy for like a debut album essentially yeah. I know they had uh, EPs but like this is their first album to come out with like a character from the get go and expect people to and people did. I mean, I know so, the song was like banned in certain countries and stuff, but to mm. have people just go like, "Yeah, cool, this is a good song," because he it's was so saying catchy. "fuck you." Mm-hmm. Like I've read interviews where he was like, yeah. "I was just trying to piss off everybody," which yeah. is what everyone in the '80s in LA and these punk bands were doing. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure he was hanging out and just hanging on the vibe of all these other what was happening in the scene. But I wasn't aware of that. Like yeah. to me, I'm putting him up even against other new wave bands. Oh, yeah. Which are either just silly, mostly silly yeah. at, at most. You yeah. know, Devo's silly. They're yeah. never like, and they are satirical, but they're never like, whoa, what are they talking about? Yeah. Right. You know? I think this lyrically has more in common with the dead Kennedys. That's what I kept coming back exactly. to when I was listening exactly. to it. Exactly. Like, kill, yeah. the, kill the poor. It's like, yeah. he doesn't want to kill the poor yeah. folks. Yeah. Uh, but I think some people would listen to this and go, this is a not they did they were yeah. offended by it and yeah. Go, this yeah. guy there's something wrong with this guy and he made a video he's like yeah. i'm not backing i'm putting it first <laughs> yeah. i'm making a video i, I consider it a single i struggle with it a little bit in listening to it because of course it's satire but it's also like for the everybody that accepts it as satire there's somebody who <laughs> takes it as yeah what it is and yeah. like it's such, but it's so good. <laughs> I you know, keep I, getting it stuck in my head since since like listening to this album. For, is there? I, I wondered this. about that though. I mean, are there pedophiles like I'm gonna crank? It's Friday. I'm gonna crank some little some <laughs> Oingo Boingo little girls and get the weekend started. No, but started. it's still like out there. It's still people walking around going like, 
I like little girls. You know, That's like it's true. still you're, people you're like singing along to putting it, it back yeah. out there. And, also, and us like sorry. bopping along. No, that, yeah. But at one point in the song, he like he really gets into acting. Yeah, he's not singing; he's being evil. And you see it more when you watch the video. Like, yeah, you see like he's doing a character. Yeah. He goes all in, though, at mm-hmm. least. There's no, like, half-assing he, it. Did you ever see him live? No, it's one of the big regrets of my life. Did you have the opportunity no, to see him No, never. Yeah. I wanted to move to Los Angeles pretty much because of Oingo Boingo. Like, who sings like that? Like, that's not in pop music at the time. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, I saw them perform. I didn't see them live, but I saw. I watched a little bit of their performance on the on the US Festival from '82. I think mm-hmm. they were in one of the years, maybe both. I've said this before on the uh, on about Devo. Just watching the drummer go, but he it's this is physical music. Like he has to. Uh, you can tell he's just putting all the energy into, and it's not like it's he's straining anything. It just takes. Uh, so much physical effort for this band to pull this stuff off because it's there's not a lot of ballads on this album. Yeah, <laughs> there's none. And it's um, just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Speaking of drummer uh, Vatos, yeah, there's like three or four guys I think. Yeah, went the whole stretch. Bartek, the guitar player too. But like the back of that album has all of them on it with their names. That was another thing. Looking at the back of the album, going Vatos. I love that. I don't even know. He's my man. He's my favorite drummer for now on. Then you find out about they made their own instruments. Like they always had just weird things they would make. Yeah. And uh, including weird drums and shit like that. And you and if you really pay attention to the songs as the years go on you're always like what the hell is that sound yeah like oh it's some weird instrument so we we don't have to mention this but we should that they came from what was the full length of this sort of art project that they were part of um well it started with his brother richard elfman who was a director and would put on uh kind of like vaudeville style shows with like real old school songs from uh, whatever, the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s. Like Amos and Andy kind of stuff. Um, And he would put on these shows that I think just even comedians in the area would take part in. Um, And he would have a backing band that was called The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. And then they eventually made a movie, which was another thing that changed my life. That there was a movie podcast I could easily pick. The Forbidden Zone is another movie that I picked up at Blockbuster. And I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I was into Oingo Boingo before I got this and only realized like in the middle of watching it. That's This that's is like, Oingo Boingo. Holy amazing. shit. Um, uh, but anyway, he... Richard put together the band for the vaudeville thing and then the movie and then he was pretty much Danny you take it over and the way I understand it is like like he wanted to experiment with ska which 
you can hear in Oingo Boingo, but like I'm, I wasn't a huge ska fan, and I'm not even now. But like you're like, oh okay, I see. Kind of I hear it. What's well, like the horns? It, yeah, yeah. And I, I pretty much horns turn me off bands like I didn't like Bruce Springsteen at first because that was my entry to them was with the E Street Band and I just didn't mm-hmm. in retrospect I, I I wish I'd heard like Nebraska or something like that first, right uh, oh. or the river but uh I I stayed away from because of brass and a lot of bands because of brass but like they do it man it works for me with Oingo Boingo big time I, I think on the outside for me is the the masterpiece of the whole album. Interesting. Yeah. This would be such a perfect song for a marching band. Huh. Yeah, I used to love this. I just like the melody. I like the this is my favorite one I think on the album. The girls are really cute. They really make it work. They think I'm just a jerk. I'm on the outside. I feel like it's also their treatise of, in a way. Yeah, it's nerd looking. Yeah, we're all on the outside looking in, popping people. Yeah, and there's all these changes in the brasses. It's almost like a great pop song. It could exist. I'm surprised this wasn't a little bit of a hit. Maybe it was. I, I don't know. So did Discount Records? Did you still continue to go there and this is where you got the album or did it? That's a really good question. My guess is, that's a good question, man. I don't know. There, well, also there was Been Around Records, which was the smaller record store, which where I bought most of my music. Uh, we had the commercial ones, like those Sam Goodies, and then there was the record store by SAC, which was San Antonio College, which was the... Uh, the sort of city college mm-hmm. and there was a really cool record store you know yeah. that record store yeah. that there was only one cool one yeah been around and discount was cool too I didn't count like whatever strawberries or coconuts or whatever those <laughs> franchise ones were called oh didn't you guys have I think there were both the strawberries and a coconuts Once I got into New Wave and then punk, punk certainly wasn't available. So it, anytime we'd go on vacation, you know, it'd usually be to like New York City, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my parents fell in love with New Mexico and we started going there every summer. And that that's where this that's where this album really coalesces for me. Did you listen to it on repeat? Like, Oh, yeah. And like yeah. I said, I wanted this to be my album. We haven't gotten <laughs> Only a Lad yet, but yeah. that that's pretty much was Let's my my aunt. Well, we shouldn't skip Capital. I mean, we'll Capital. We'll come back to it. We okay, that's cool. We can skip around. You know, it becomes part of your personality. It's like a flaggy wave of your personality. I like Oingo Boingo. Yeah. And people would either, and people would make fun of it. I remember people going, you're Oingy Boingy, what's that band you like? And make fun of the way I'm like, it's Oingo Boingo, dude. And I'm, you're in this 
fucking ZZ Top, which everybody is. You're lame. So I, 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 I took that with pride. And then this is why this has more meaning. We would go on these vacations uh, every summer for two weeks to uh, Santa Fe. And it was the same families, and we'd stay in the same place. And these families I only knew these two weeks of the year. And I kind of learned to drink beer with these families and make out and stay up past curfew like i learned how to like break yeah. the rules i was gonna yeah. ask if they had kids but i'm now i'm hoping that they did <laughs> yeah every yeah. every every family had a kid okay. my age a little or a little younger uh but yeah it was where a lot of firsts happen yeah. were during these summers where you'd meet old the older kids were always like you guys should have some of this liquor you know yeah. or whatever so it was cool and uh, and this was my flag I was waving the whole time, mm-hmm. I guess, to say. It's like, this is how I'm hip, even though that wasn't a term. But yeah. <laughs> this is how, this is what I bring to the table. And it's new. Yeah, it's new, too. Yeah. That's what's so, I mean, it's And like it was L.A., band. which was, to me, which was a cool, like my parents would go, where do you want to live when you grow up? I want to live in L.A. Nothing to do with Hollywood or being an actor. I just <laughs> wanted to be next to Oingo Boingo. <laughs> It's the only reason I could come up with was, well, I like Wango Boingo, and that sounds fun, so I think I'll move there. They seem to be having a good time That's making awesome. instruments. Doing new wave. Did you, in, in, so this was beginning of high school, or was it uh, middle school, or uh, Well, I guess, to me, new wave is just high school, so like Great. ninth grade through 12th grade. So did you, in your group of friends, was it the same sort of deal that, like like you were saying before, everybody in your circle of friends was saying, well, you gotta listen to Hatchet, dude? Or no, no, that, that was more, that weren't my friends, the guys making fun of me. That yeah. was more the circle just outside my yeah. friends. Yeah. And I went through a couple of different circles, because I was playing soccer, so I was kind of a... Uh, wasn't a jock per se because I wasn't on the football team, which right. was the real jocks. Right. But I did have the soccer crowd, and then I had my uh, crowd of kids that, that I kind of grew up with, more from my neighborhood. And uh, and there were two guys in particular, and I've told this story in, in my a, a past one man show because I, they were the ones that really introduced me to new wave hard, like. Because uh, I think they had access to the albums through other older brothers, but I remember uh, Blondie, B-52s. Mm-hmm. So they got me in, in a Rocky Horror Picture Show. These two guys and a Rocky Horror Picture Show and B-52s in particular, we dove into hard. Yeah. And I could easily pick those first two B-52 albums as well. But um, th- the story I tell was I I, I got in. I would spend my weekends with these two guys and we would just crank B-52s and Devo and Oingo Boingo and all the, you know, Talk Talk, Flock of Seagulls, all the new wave. Mm -hmm. And then we got into the Rocky Horror Picture Show scene, which was a whole other thing. This one guy got the album that had all the call and response on it. Have you ever heard that album? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was a whole different culture this same guy uh, got me into uh, uh, John Waters and Pink Flamingo. And I don't know if you see the story <laughs> I'm pushing towards here, but I was in this whole gay scene and didn't realize it. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I was, and it I, it didn't hit me till one night when we were all at the Rocky Horror Picture Show that finally came to Little Rock. Yeah. And I was like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> Like, 
every and I didn't even think get, just set the picture Little Rock in the 70s 80s you were not outwardly gay right no. right Yeah. so my friends my friends my best friends were gay I don't even know if they told each other hmm. and I've never one of them I lost track of so I never even knew if they opened they up to each other like my brother is gay and his best friend from high school is also gay they didn't know like I mean, my brother didn't know until much later, or, or put, mm-hmm. but they—I don't think they—I don't—I don't—I can only. Yeah, speculate. I can't yeah. speak for anybody but <laughs> myself, but it is. You get it if they you don't. Keep it so deep down. Yeah. Well, there was the a fear. moment that there was a night where uh, one of them lost his virginity. He tells me the next night or the next weekend, whatever. It's probably the next weekend. He was like, "I lost my virginity," and I was still a virgin. God knows. And I was like, no way, are you kidding me? I mean, we we all had Tell that conversation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, you got to be fucking ki- Who? <laughs> How'd you not tell me? Wh- uh, <laughs> I can't tell you. What? What do you, what do you mean you can't tell me? Was it Allison? <laughs> no. It wasn't Allison? Was it Jennifer? No. Was it Ellen? No. <laughs> I named every girl in my class, every girl in the class above us, every girl in Christian let, Young he Life. Let you, he let you go. Yeah, keep going, buddy. Well, I think he wanted me... Oh. I think he wanted me to open my mind. Your own mind. Yeah. And I didn't. And so I, I didn't even go there. And he never told me. And only... In, and then I found out, like, years later, maybe even college, that he had... You know, some guy from the Catholic high school. A guy who I didn't know, by the way. So I never would have guessed his name anyway. Um, but he wouldn't have opened it up to me like that if sure. he didn't want me to try to guess. So I always wondered about that night. Um, and, and only in retrospect, looking back, going, oh, like all the culture. But like I said, I was in Little Rock where southern fried rock was the culture and i was into new wave so i couldn't see right and it shouldn't matter it shouldn't have to do anything to do with your sexual preference or anything to do with that and b-52s don't belong to gay people or whatever but there were so many i was in so many ways being opened up to uh that culture in a good way without knowing it. So I got to college and looking back on going, oh, yeah. New Wave had a lot <laughs> of gay influence <laughs> you, in it that I didn't realize. It's only when you leave it that you realize, oh, I guess there are um, rules that they were breaking that you just weren't even paying attention to in a way. Uh, like, I guess subconsciously. Yeah, right? and I probably wasn't thinking about that just in general yeah. since I was I a virgin love- and yeah. I'm not yeah. even thinking about anyone Right, <laughs> sex or right. gay or bi or straight or whatever. Right, I'm just having um, fun. Like I'm worried about making out with with a girl, and that and that's my own problem. I'm not judging anyone. <laughs> and else. loving what you love, not grouping things as specific. Right, right, like, and, and not like people. new wave was. Like I said, it didn't belong to that culture, but it was it was coming from New York and Los Angeles, which were very open minded, <laughs> booming cultures at that or like B-52's Athens, uh, but like all these hip cultures, and Athens in particular, because that is in the South, and it's like, and that's where R.E.M. Yeah, came are out of, and another mates. band we got Indigo into. Indigo Girls? Indigo. Finally, we can connect it back to my music. <laughs> every episode, every episode. 
I still remember, we talked about that, but I still remember seeing B-52s on Saturday Night Live for the first time, and I could not process it. Yeah, I couldn't wrap your head around it. was scary. It was scary to me. I was like eight, and it was Fred Schneider, and I couldn't tell. Singing like Fred Schneider. It's another guy like, I love it. Amazing, yeah. Who the fuck sings like that? I know. It's crazy. There's, awesome. there's so little it's room for weirdos. There's so little yeah. room. So when they do make it through, it's like the best thing in the and entire world. The Kate Pearson and Cindy Wilson were, you know, I I could recognize how beautiful they were, but they also had the same hair as the Bride of Frankenstein. Right. They were moving in these jerky. Well, it was camp. That's that's yeah. the gay culture I'm talking about. Like like I didn't get what camp was. And yeah. I didn't know why you were supposed to like it. Like I didn't know. Like, camp means you're commenting on something that's old, and I didn't know the old thing to begin with. You right. know what I, begin, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's just new. odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Waters, same thing. I'm like, yeah. oh, he was camp. I didn't know that. He's <laughs> right. just introducing me to all this stuff I didn't know about. It's, it's not a comment on something old to me. This is, uh, just going back, my... my uh, experience with Rocky Horror because I was obsessed with Rocky Horror in junior high but it was by myself like I feel like people discover it with their groups of friends and all this and I was just yeah. like I went to my all girls school I think I saw it, it was like played on Halloween on TV so I watched it and I was like this is my thing hmm. I fell in love with it but just for me I like had nobody to share it with and that not until yeah. like in high school, I had some friends that like we went to the New Art and mm-hmm. um, yeah. did the midnight screening and stuff. But like up until that point, I just watched it like like any movie that you would love, not knowing. That, like I had a, a huge book about it that I oh, would yeah. like we look had that through. Book. I loved it, but it's what a weird. It's such a weird thing to love individually. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't know anybody else that has it where it's like you went with your friends and you like <laughs> right. loved it with your friends. You watch the movie and you learn all the things. And I like would do the call and response by myself. It's <laughs> 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 just like me <laughs> loving it. I think I mentioned this before, but on YouTube, there's a, a local news story on Rocky Horror from the late 70s, and they go to Chicago, I think, and the, they interview a bunch of teenagers that have gone to see it and, and people who are all dressed up, and one of them is Michael Stipe uh, with his yeah. hair when it was like all curly and everywhere. And he's, they Why ask is he him in about Chicago? It. I don't know. I, maybe he went to... Yeah, I guess he went to college in oh, Athens. Why am right? I assuming he's from Athens? Maybe yeah, he's know. from Chicago. I don't know. Um, but it's so cool because he's... You can tell he's like self-conscious about being on the camera, but yet he's very yeah he's very aware. But they ask him a couple questions, and he make, gives a very serious response as to why it's important to to, to like this or. I'm cool. driver eight. What does that mean? You doesn't know. matter. <laughs> yeah. it never will matter. <laughs> Is there any other well, song? Well, I don't know if we talk about Only and Lad, but Only and oh, yeah, Lad to me, it's the name of the album. That was on the, that was on EP too. So it was their, yeah. uh, it was one of their first songs. Um, did you have the EP or was this? Oh, album? I had, you had the everything. <laughs> I was a completist. I had every single thing. Cause From he, before this album came out, like you I were had on Mystic board. Nights okay. of the Oingo Boingo. Wow. I had the. The EP, both sizes. It had two different sizes it came out in. I had uh, every album and every soundtrack, because they were on Last American Virgin, um, oh, wow. Bachelor Party, and then uh, De- Dead De- Man's and Party. Of, was, what was it? What was Weird the, Science. Weird Science. What was, which Hills is a great song. Too. Weird Science is yeah. so good. Yeah. Weird. That whole it's album. Like, and, then, and, and Danny's like, fuck, I should do this for a living, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
I have the best song in every movie. Maybe I should do this for a living. Yeah, that's when I got into them was that because I was coming of age during all the John Hughes movies and they also performed in Back to Class, the Rodney Dangerfield (laughs) movie. Back to school? Yeah. Back to school, sorry. Only Lad was my anthem. Like, and it, and you listen to the lyrics of it, and at the end of it, he goes, "I hope you fry." So after he's like, yeah. after he's you know telling the story of this lad who doesn't follow any rules, yeah, and that's what I wanted to be. And everyone, every, all my friends, uh, every boy going through angst and trying to wrestle with the fact they they can't lose their virginity they gotta put all that energy somewhere else <laughs> shooting their aunt I think or what does he, he what does he take a shot at uh, his grandmother or something in the <laughs> lights like like fires setting things on fire you know I was I was doing that uh, but yeah I was I wanted to be a lad but of course at the end of the song Danny's basically thinks, says uh, fuck these kids they should yeah. I want them to fry <laughs> you didn't like kill a- anyone I want you to fry yeah uh, I'm grateful but, for that at the end of the song too, because it is like it's such a like. Well, boys will be boys. Yeah. Like it's, it is just like let them do what they want to do. He was yeah. allowed. Yeah, yeah, that is the thing. But the maybe he should have said let them fry at the end of uh, little girls too. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, uh, let them fry. Just so you don't think I'm a pedophile. It did remind me of your uh, when we were on the Beatles podcast, how we you, you in particular picked apart. She was just 17, yes. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Where they weren't ma- meaning that ironically. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> but this Creeps. is sort of, yeah, this is like uh, Little Girls is actually taking advantage of the extreme of that particular point of view. Yeah. yeah and also, let's, let's, we're back in LA, folks. The 1980s. <laughs> we're, we're, t- we're getting into, uh, while new wave is happening and all the creativity of of new wave and all the political aggression of punk, yeah. all the worst part of society is happening on the Sunset Strip <laughs> with hair metal. I mean, all yeah. the worst part, all the worst parts of being a teenage boy, the rapey parts was happening in hair metal. Yeah. So I think it was in, you know. I won't even watch that movie, The Dirt. I'm just not interested. Yeah. But but it's it's like it's celebrating it. It might as well have little girls as the fucking theme to that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like that's what they were doing. All those hair metal. With yeah. Their, with their young groupies, and I think I have no idea if this is true, but I feel like Danny could also have been commenting on not like the pedophiles that are creeping around in alleys grabbing kids but the pedophiles on the sunset oh, strips yeah. getting blow jobs from groupies I right. think that yeah. might be more what he was talking about. musicians and actors and all, like ev- everyone where it was acceptable yeah. back then where it, obviously it's not anymore. And celebrated right. Yeah. I tell you what like um, we're skipping all around the place but there's it's nasty yeah it's nasty habits where you go nasty habits this is you this see is the most his, elfman-ish yeah I, the, like, you see sound the, the rest of his soundtracks in this one it feels like he spent some time in the haunted mansion and was like this is where i want to be yeah 
or Beetle. Oh, it, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, even that sounds like uh, adamant. Uh, oh, feels like Beetlejuice. That does sound like adamant. Yeah. To me, it feels like Beetlejuice or totally, Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Like. Yeah, all the the bum 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 bum, which is such a feature of his soundtracks. To think about. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of opened me up, and like after that, I can list so many people like I keep saying nobody sings like that, and that's kind of what I gravitated to is like Jill by Offer. Nobody sings like that. Yeah. Uh, You know, when you when. when he did get in, I think one of his first was besides the, the, the movie he did with his brother, but the Pee-wee's Big Adventure, mm-hmm. was that like exciting for you when you, when he was making the, when he made it that It was, transition? but then Oingo Boingo broke up. Yeah. Or he stopped doing Oingo Boingo. So I was, but honestly, I was into punk by that point. So it was gotcha. almost kind of like, oh, what's Danny doing these days? Yeah. Like I wasn't yeah. still riding the Oingo Boingo tip as much, but, but it was cool. New jacket. When, but then after a while you're like, <laughs> holy shit, this is the biggest guy in soundtracks. Like yeah. literally. Yeah. Is there um, overlap for you with music or like Oingo Boingo specifically in comedy? Yeah, definitely. Like I think I was saying it earlier, like satire. Like this yeah. was the first time punk did that a lot, but I hadn't. I didn't know punk yet. Um, of like speaking through the voice of the bad thing, mm-hmm. and 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 it was. And I later would get into bands that did that big time. Uh, just uh, the Mentors, probably being the most extreme of that. You know the Mentors? Mm-hmm. They were called the the Kings of Rape Rock, El Duce. If you've ever seen uh, uh, the movie uh, about Kurt Cobain, oh. where uh, they interview this guy who is going to kill him, assassinate him. Do you remember that part of the movie? No. It's El Duce from The Mentor. <laughs> El Duce. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but bands who, like, they're just putting on characters. And it was yeah. it was funny. Yeah. And people would get really mad at them, or Gigi Allen or whatever. It's like, yeah. you no, know they're doing a character, right? Or Johnny Rotten, you know, the biggest yeah. one of all. Uh, he's doing a character, guys. Were you into Guar? Not, that's almost too much that direction. I wasn't into Guar or Slipknot per se, but they, uh, they came. That is a big show. Yeah, they came to San Antonio and played in this club. And my friends were like, who are more, way more adventurous than I, I am was, and they were like, let's go see that. And I was like, what is going on? But it was a tiny club, and they were in these. You know those masks and everything. I think it's don't get me wrong. I think it's cool. Yeah. I think by the time those bands came out, I was more into the purity of punk at yeah. that point. So those guys seem like they're they're bringing Kiss elements into yeah. my music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing wrong with that, folks. It's really kind of a good show. I do appreciate. It. I've seen them in documentaries and stuff. I'm like, oh, it seems like a lot of fun. If I was a different age, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guar, not Kiss, right? Uh, well, I grew up loving Kiss. That could have been yet another album. I could have p- picked Detroit Rock City as a big formative album. <laughs> you know, I 
I spend a lot of time looking at old Kiss videos, trying to figure <laughs> out because I was as a kid into them because mm -hmm. of obvious reasons of whoa, those are that's makeup, they're spitting blood, mm -hmm. and and I so wanted to go see them when they came to San Antonio, but I was eight years old. My dad was like, "I'm not taking you to a Kiss concert," <laughs> um, but I spend a lot of time watching their live performances going what the fuck is going on uh the tongue man we were all about we're all the gene simmons tongue <laughs> yeah and now speaking of little girls that's a song that's about him essentially i feel because he's what such so what what song little girls oh are we listening no no no, no, no. just like oingo boingo's little oh. girls when we were talking oh it's about, about gene simmons <laughs> right, yeah, right, right that's exactly Ace what he's Freely. talking about yeah those paul stanley rather yeah uh, but I do think Detroit Rock City is a pretty good song. Uh, oh, dude. That, lyrics. That's, that's probably... That's in my top ten songs is ever. It? Yeah. The, the opening to that, I don't know if you're familiar with... Do you know the song? I don't think... If I heard it, I'll... Get I'll hear up, it. everybody's gonna move their feet. Get down, but everybody's like gonna lose their seat. The song starts, folks on the album with this beautiful sound montage that lasts at least a minute, I would guess. I'll set it up a little so you can understand the sounds more. This is him at breakfast. Head-on collision on Grand Avenue. So he's listening to the news as he does his breakfast in the morning. You're like, what is that about? Okay, he's going out to the garage. Opening up his car. Close the door. His keys in ignition. What do you do when you turn on the car? Well, you rev it up. You gotta yeah. rev that in. It's the second thing you do. Turn on the radio. Oh, it's a kiss song. <laughs> so that's cool. He's listening to a song of his from an, uh, another album. album. That's funny. Now he's going down the highway. Going, speeding up. Singing along. Is that their biggest hit at this point? Now he's getting really Ever. fast. He must be pulling on the highway. <laughs> now, oh, you gotta turn. You gotta speed up. <laughs> so oh, now we do the. This. Now go to the very end of yeah. the song. Was this in Dazed and Confused? Most likely. Yeah. Just the end of this song, right? Yeah. Still in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Oh, shit. 
She was the car in the news report. <laughs> fucking it dude. It really comes full circle. And then it goes, I'm pretty sure, in a God of Thunder, just uh, fucking fluidly next. Yeah. God of Thunder. Rock and roll. Yeah. That's Bob, Bob Ezrin was the producer on that. Um, Great job, Bob. I mean, <laughs> they went on to do the wall. Like he produced the wall, oh, so he was. You're the first one to connect that for me. Mm-hmm. And he produced a lot of Alice Cooper stuff. It Who was... has the patience to put them with sound effects? <laughs> That's the opening track. I'm pretty sure too. Yeah, it's like, so. yeah. sit with this Kiss fans. I'm telling a story, <laughs> and you forget about the opening. And at the end, he crashes into that truck. How cool is that? <laughs> That was like my jam in high school. I feel like is any songs that had like little little words attached to the beginning. Like I, we haven't never talked about this before, Uh-oh. and I'm embarrassed. I was a humongous Sublime fan in high oh, school. Yeah, and like that was like the best part of any Sublime song was when they had the little sound bites. That was just like oh. like for Smoke Two Joints when they had like the little like movie clip at the beginning, or okay. where they'd have little like weird rants on some of their like lesser known albums where it was just like this one lunatic that was just like ranting. And my friends and I would just memorize every single <laughs> yeah. line of that, and we'd love those parts. And like the songs were good, but it was just like to be able to like yeah, all like, that those extra little stuff. yeah exactly yeah. It was just. That I don't know why that made me feel cool is like knowing because I, yeah. I think it proves you know the band. Yeah. If you can know those things, like you being able to recite that whole thing, I was like, yeah, you're real. You're the real deal. <laughs> 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 that now I believe you're a fan. <laughs> the the one other song I'd comment on on yeah. this only a lad would be uh, the cover. Oh yeah. Yeah. You really got me and. I, I probably didn't know that was a cover for a while. And then I did get into the kinks at some point. I think after Oingo Boingo, oddly enough. Probably with, uh, was it Come Dancing? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. no, you know it was Destroyer. Oh. You got a Para- under your bed. Oh, yeah. Paranoia and will destroy And it's however it's introduced head. to you, like, yeah. to not know... Was that mind-blowing when you put it together? Yeah, and I was like, oh, and it's such a great cover because it is such a great take on it. He does yeah. that, that, the, that he does go off on the vocoder or whatever the hell yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've always been a sucker for probably starting with ELO, with, with electronic... Yeah. Uh, voice manipulation, but, but not to make your voice sound better. To make it sound interesting. It's that's it, that's, yeah. that's what. It, that, oh yeah. Well, like T Pain. Like you're not talking about. That's the part stuff you don't like. like how it's the, used now versus how it used to be used. Well, we start with this Kanye thing. Yeah. It's just like I loved Kanye's first two or three albums, right? So when he did that, I was like, he's just because at the time everyone was playing with that shit, and I'm like. I don't know. I just found it annoying. Yeah. I'm sure there's some good songs on it, but I, since it was such a fad at that point. Yeah. It also, it, it's, it, that's exactly like, it's, it's not unique. So all you're doing is trying to alter your voice to sound better versus. And even if you're doing it to sound weird, it's like at that point I'd heard so much of that. It's not weird anymore. Yeah. So I can't say throughout my, the history of music, I hate manipulation. I probably actually love it. Uh, right. But, but I think I said on your Beatles podcast, the first time I was introduced to the Beatles, really, like I'd heard on the radio, but like full-on Beatles, and I became oh. a Beatles head, was through the so, Bee Gees, yeah, the Sgt. Sgt. Pepper. Pepper's yeah. movie, where uh, they have robots sing at least two of those songs. <laughs> mean Mr. Mustard's robots. 
She's leaving home. <laughs> bye, bye. That is the first way I heard that song. Was two robots singing it. That's amazing. You know what this did? I don't, this is going to be annoying for hardcore Oingo Boingo fans, but this did remind me of Devo's take on I Can't Get No Satisfaction, yeah. which is... Such a deconstruction. Which came out first? Uh, I just, that's what I was looking up. It was Devo in 1977. So years years before, I've got enough years for me to go. They consider themselves punk probably at that point. Yeah, but it was such a deconstructed version of that song. Yeah, you can't can't follow it at all. Once again, back to the residents, that's that's what they were kind of known for too, is taking like a popular Elvis song or something that you'd heard a a thousand times, then you'd listen to their fucking crazy version of it. Yeah, it was They were definitely influenced by Dada and and Ubu and all that kind of stuff. Right. Definitely. You know, we didn't get much into the history of New Wave and Talking Heads and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that it, they did come out of these art scenes. Like, yeah. so, so, so many of these bands, the people consider themselves artists before musicians. Uh, you know, yeah. performance artists or literal artists. Yeah, I think, I mean, David Bowie had the same sort of start. He was like a mime before he was a musician, <laughs> yeah. which is so funny to think about. And... What's the Brian Ferry band with Brian Eno? That, um, oh, uh, Roxy Music. Roxy Music. Also, uh, yeah. those Brian Eno and Brian Ferry sure. were both in art school. Yeah. And they, I don't think they were really much into music as a profession until they just started talking about it. And they were going, well, what is, it's like another, like I said before, it's another medium to kind of so pursue. Yeah. Uh, no one's coming to our art show. Everyone's going to these punk shows. Yes. Let's start There's something our band. practical about it, too. It's so different. I'm like trying to figure out are people coming out of comedy into bands now? Like, there's that oh. doesn't feel as like yeah. relevant now. Yeah. But that in that time. Yeah, I wonder if there was some sort of. But also at that time, we're, we're coming out of a place of pop music is everything to everyone. So yeah. there's something rebellious about being in a punk band. And, totally. And, and now there's and no other, And that. now there's every way to access everything and it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 And nothing matters. Nothing matters. <laughs> <in> conclusion. <laughs> anymore. Uh, we should probably do uh, What Did I Learn Today? Yeah. Go around. Unless there's any uh-huh. um, like yeah. last thoughts on the album or anything. I think that was my last thought, my epiphany that that was a cover. Is it weird? I know what you learned today. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just had that moment. What did I learn? You learned that uh, the wall, the connection. Oh, oh I literally wrong. learned. You yes. literally learned that. <laughs> I thought they were life epiphanies. They can but yes, be. I fa- factual, that was a good one. Because you know, uh, oh. I've pointed to both those albums as like, Sound montages that I just fucking love. I wonder if he did uh, Atomic Heart Mother, which is like oh. a lot of that too. You think he did all the Floyd albums? No, I think it was just The Wall. I didn't know you were a soccer. You were, we have like similar. There's a lot that's similar. Soccer, growing up in the South in a way, um, and kind of being in the st- jock world but not quite because football was we (laughs) our field our soccer practice field was on a rake it was like uh there was like on a it's a slight hill downward the football field was gorgeous i learned you're a kiss fan as a kid yeah (laughs) i 
I should. I'm sure that was another one of the murals too. But I, I did. It, it, in describing, I was in the Southern Rock, and that that doesn't fit really Southern Rock. But they were the most popular. Oh, they were rock band yeah. at the time, without question. They yeah. they didn't miss that. They definitely came to Little Rock. So that was another <laughs> oh, huge. Cool. And that was a. I did like them. I enjoyed the hell out of them. Like yeah. they were. I was in the Kiss Army. Yeah. Knights in Satan service. Yeah, and also it's weird you say Pee Wee's Big Adventure because that's another. Pee Wee Herman, even before Pee Wee's Big Adventure, seeing him on HBO and in Cheech oh, and yeah. Chong movies. Yeah. And he also came from this, this, this scene of LA. Yeah. So yeah. Pee Wee Herman was another big thing I identified with, and I was in the Pee Wee Herman fan club. You know what? Uh, this is, I don't know if this is something like I learned, but I really liked how you phrased when you, you were talking about satire. Mm-hmm. You said it was like from the bad perspective. Wow. Do you remember what you yeah. said? I, 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 not exactly from but the I think perspective you, you, of the uh, person yeah you embrace the thing you hate versus ta- saying you hate it you just play it you know yeah. you play the thing you hate yeah. you play the thing you hate I don't know yeah. I liked how you phrased that a lot cause I, I do think about we've spent uh, an, another episode the Beastie Boys episode with Betsy Sidaro mm-hmm. talking about satire um, that's when I invented satire I don't know if you remember <laughs> that I invented that it historic uh, but like I, I Wait, do what like what was her album it. Uh, License to Ill, License to Ill. Uh, yeah. that was like from the beginning that was yeah, another just, huge album for me without question mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Brass Monkey was our drink of choice for a summer <laughs> we, yeah well because we talked about it a lot with that where they were coming at a lot of things from a satirical point of view I don't know I, I like mm-hmm. thinking about satire a lot so I like uh, when somebody can concisely phrase something that I have been thinking about, even though satire is not, did it, not like I an underground term again. or anything. But, <laughs> we got it. But, I mean, we got it. <laughs> I, I just, I like, I like that. Yeah. Uh, did you already say what you... Yeah, yeah, you're right. I did I did learn that guy. And I'm excited about that because now I'm going to go research that because yeah. I'm actually going to use that. And now I want you to listen to the rest of the album because there's a lot of that on that album. Oh, really? I don't know if you remember. On Detroit Rock City? No. Album? Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't remember that. I remember that. And now, I, now, and now I want to go, oh, now that I know it was more the producer than them, it makes me want to follow that producer a little <laughs> bit more. Matt Besser is an actor, director, and comedian living in Los Angeles. His stand-up special, Pot Humor, is available for free on Amazon Prime. His podcast with John Gabrus and Horatio Sands, Smoke Me Up is available on the Starburns Audio Network. Also, of course, check out Improv for Humans on the Earwolf Network. Look for him on Twitter at Matt Besser and find the latest Matt Besser news on, you guessed it, mattbesser.com. And my Instagram game is strong, folks. I just got in that in yeah. the last six months. Really? You so were... Matt Besser Instagram, I yeah. believe is Do the you name. do personal stuff on there or is it more... You know, that's why I didn't do it at first because, like... I feel about all my social media. It has a lot of my fans on it. I yep. feel weird about going, here's mm-hmm. Sydney doing this. So yeah. there's not a lot of that. And I also don't like showing my own face. Like, here's me at the cool place. That's not really my thing either. But lately, with Sydney experiencing stuff, I'm fine. I'm going, oh, it doesn't have to be us. It can be the things we're doing. And yeah. I like to soundtrack my stuff. Like I'm being like an old man going, oh, I can put music on this picture. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Deb, thanks. Joel. Love you. Thanks to you. Phew. That's the first time we've said it. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this particular album is very, very important to me. 
Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at this particular album. Follow us on Twitter at particular album. The show is produced by me, Deborah Tarika, Ryan Middledorf, and everyone at Campfire Media. Artwork by James Mulholland. Music by me, Joel Spence. See you next time. My name is Will Hines, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.